Guys, it's going to be beautiful this morning what I'm going to share because the Lord put this in my heart to share. But before that, as usual, I have a little joke. A husband and wife talking. Husband said to his wife, Hey, the weather is so lovely today. Shall we go out for a quick jog? The wife said, Ah, ha, ha, ha. I love the way you pronounce, shall we go out and have a cake? Okay. No one laughs. This is a horrible joke, I guess, you know. And um, I asked my daughter if she has seen my newspaper. She told me that newspapers are old school. She said the people use only tablets nowadays. And she handed me her iPad. The fly didn't stand a chance. (laughs) Okay, lift up your Bibles and say this after me. Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to us, Lord. Lord, I am here available that you will put your word. We are not here just to sit and listen for some lecture for 30 minutes and then just move on. But I pray that you will stir in us a desire to do things that is from your heart, that brings glory to your name. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Before I get into the title, I want to share this in my heart. This has been going on for a season. I was born in a Christian family, so I'm a third generation Christian. So it is a privilege. When my grandparents were temple priests, they came to know the Lord. It's a beautiful thing. But then I look back and I, I have taken my Christian journey as something, as a right or as a, a journey that I enjoy myself. For example, Swati is a first generation Christian and it is a beautiful thing. And there are a few of you here, you can say, I'm a first generation follower of Jesus. You know, when you become a first generation follower of Jesus, what you are doing is you are actually cutting darkness and you are inviting eternity. And from you, the generations after you, you are setting up a new face of freedom. And this thought keep on coming to my mind. Why we still, even though there are Christians, why we still don't see so many people coming to know Jesus? Like for example, Voltaire He said in the year of 19th century, he said, Christianity will be wiped out in France. No more Christianity 100 years from now. But if you go to France, the French Bible Society is in Voltaire's home. Mao Zedong, a Chinese chairman, said in 1968, he said, Christianity will be wiped out 40 years from now. 2008, if you look at it, the highest percentage of Christian churches growing, it's not in India, it's in China. So what's going on? And why in India, though 2,000 years ago, Thomas came and he preached the gospel and missionaries have come, still Christianity is a very few percentage. And I wonder, I ask these questions, and this is the title, and I believe it's going to be helpful for all of us, bringer or blocker. The, The real title is actually witnessing being an Andrew to someone else. Being an Andrew, bringer or blocker. And I think... Sometimes we Christians, somehow we find ourselves in a very happy, comfortable zone and we think, oh, I am going to church, my kids go to church, my family is going, you know, doing really well, so I had no need to emphasize the fact that I need only to bring people to Jesus. I just live a happy, good Christian life, which is not necessarily bad, but the Great Commission has become a great omission. And we're going to talk today how to witness, how to really take the gospel to the nations. How do we really live the gospel? 
this sermon is going to sound like a repetition for some of you this sermon may sound like a simple sermon but i believe the holy spirit at the end of the 30 minutes i believe the holy spirit will give us a fresh anointing a passion to live in such a way that we will be the bringers not the blockers amen can i have a witness here amen okay see three simple questions why we need to witness to whom we should witness how to witness and what are the ways to witness if you're taking notes take notes if you're not taking notes take notes so <clears throat> i wrote down here why we need to witness because it is the greatest command from our king if you look at the verse matthew 28:18 it says go into all the world and preach the gospel go means transportation go means move go means move out of your comfort zone let me tell you nothing grows in comfort zone nothing grows in comfort zone you keep a coffee seed in a jar and you keep it on the shelf it will stay as coffee seed but the moment coffee is planted it goes through conflict it goes through resistance it goes through so many challenges then produces the same thing our life we can have a holy life on sunday but that's not it the church doesn't stops on sunday the church starts on sunday amen Christian life doesn't stop here on Sunday. Christian life is not a bunch of activities. Christian life is a lot an event, it's a lifestyle. Amen. So it is a command from our king. It's number 2, it is not an option. Great commission can't be a great omission. Acts chapter 1 verse 48, I'm just paraphrasing few here. It says, "Wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth." And sometimes we leave this job to a pastor, to an evangelist, and we say, "Hey, I'm I'm just doing a secular job." You know in the mind of God there is no such thing called sacred secular that happened only in after 160 when when the when the greek dichotomy happened the greek dichotomy said sunday is holy monday is not holy priests are holy doctors and nurses are second class hello it's it's a greek dichotomy that we bought into this that's why sunday became everyone born again on sunday dead again on monday because it, we kind of incorporated this culture that's why the word secular music in the mind of god there is no sacred secular when god created the world he said everything is good amen you're part of the world look look at someone and say you look good you're part of the goodness of god come on you have neck problem i guess i need to pray for your healing look at someone and say you are part of the goodness of the lord see i wrote down here it is in the heart of our father that none should perish that's the perfect will of god but every day people are dying without knowing jesus every that's a, that's a sad reality there is a higher realm but there is a other realm also the higher realm the original perfect will of god is none should perish but what is the reality we see left right and center people dying without knowing the lord So how are we going to share be a bridge That's why Jesus said pray that my kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven See this is the principle I wrote down here heaven is my destiny building his kingdom on earth is my responsibility Religion tells you how to get to heaven but religion never tells you how to bring heaven on earth only the kingdom tells you Amen and Jesus never started a religion Jesus started a kingdom 
In fact, Jesus was a king. And he is the king of kings. The people who arrested and put him to death are not the kingdom people, the religious people. And sometimes we have this mindset, you know, if God really, I have heard a lot of people said this, maybe some of you might have heard this. If really God wants me to be a Christian, I would have born in a Christian family. You know what is it called? Fatalism. Fatalism says it's predestined for you. Hello? It's not fatalism. The Bible is not about fatalism. A lot of religion talks about fatalism. It is written. Say for example, if you get stuck in a, in a pit, different religion tells you different things. If you take Islam, they will tell you, oh, the Allah decided for you to be in the pit. It's designed for you to be in the pit. Buddhism says, maybe you desire to get out of the pit. That's why you are in the pit. Don't be desired. Don't take out the desire of getting out of the pit. Desire is the cause of sin. Hinduism says, actually you are not in the pit. The pit is in you. There is no pit. It's all in your mind. Only the Christian worldview says, God so loved the world, he gave his son. He rescued us. Amen. How many of you can say, I was in a pit and Papa rescued me? Amen. I was in a pit. And for the first 18 years, I was in a pit. I was in a pit of religion. I was in the pit of, you know, immorality. I was in the pit of, you know, addicted to stuff, alcohol. The Lord set me free. He came down, set me free. We cannot hold on to our just a little Sunday experience and say, well, I'm doing well, that's fine. Number two, to whom we need to witness. Luke 10 verse 2 says, the harvest is plenty, the workers of you. Ask for the Lord of harvest, therefore to send out the workers to his harvest field. Psalms 24 1 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it and the world and all will live in it. Last week, Sunday, I had to spend one night in a youth hostel because we were traveling and I had to spend. And my friend said, you know, I have found a room for you. You can stay here. And I went, you walked into your room and I, I got a surprise. I have a roommate. And I called my friend. I said, hey, you booked me a room, but somebody else is staying there. But then to top it off, I saw a Bible, but it's a German Bible. So I was like, wow. So maybe a missionary. So we are going to share the bear. And I'm like, and then he walks in and he introduced himself. I don't want to tell the name and all. But then we were talking and talking and talking. And then uh, he was telling how he came to know Jesus, blah, blah, blah. And then finally asked, I looked at him, he looked a little old. I said, are you married or you have a girlfriend? He said, I don't have a girlfriend. I had a boyfriend. I'm like, Shanda Makata, you know. <laughs> I was like, what the heck, you know. And then he started explaining how the Lord has set him free to embrace himself and, and uh, he is walking in this journey of pursuing the love and, uh, and I know why I have the headache for the last week, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, Lord, thank you. This is the right place to be. I said, okay, my friend, let's talk. Let's make a tea. And we sat there. We talked for a couple of hours. I started explaining everything. And then, you know, this is the thing. Glory to God. He said, you know what? Deep down in my heart, I always wanted to be a father. But I don't know what to do. This is a crave that I have. Can you please pray for me? 11.45 in the night, we prayed. And the next day, I took him to church. He got hooked up. And they took his contact. I shared a little bit about his journey. I'm not saying he's walked out from that, that lifestyle. But I believe 
Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered. It is God who gives increase. You know the religion said inside of me, leave that place. Leave that room. Don't even hang out. There are scriptures, I have preached in one of those Sundays. It's called cut and paste theology. There are some scriptures we take out of the context and we make a theology out of it. And you know something he said, something very beautiful he said. You are the first time I'm meeting a pastor who can listen to my challenges and not condemn me. I'm going to tell you what is condemnation, what is how we can still preach the gospel without compromising your truth. I'll explain to you. But this made me to realize sometimes we Christians, we are so good until we open our mouth. The moment we open our mouth, they are like, hmm, he's got more demons than me. And that's why I wrote down here, to whom we need to witness is to everyone, to every sphere. You know, there are seven spheres of society, economics, finances, that's, that's one, social, there's the media. Nobody is praying for Bollywood. I grew up, you know, in a culture where if you watch movies, you get spanked. Which is a good thing. They made me to not watch any junk. But we have, we have stopped praying for those fellows. Those are the mind molders. You know, Rajini comes and he makes a statement. Everybody is doing what Rajini says. Vijay comes, make a statement. Everybody is doing. Tamil Nadu, okay. And you may have your Mamuti and, you know, Siranjeevi. <laughs> I don't know. You know, Amitabh Bachchan. To every nation, every people group, there are different spheres of spheres of economics, spheres of you know education, and every sphere there is a spheres of politics. We need to pray that the King of Glory will come in those spheres of influence. Amen. Every language, every society, every community, every culture, every race, even to every religion. I always tell people. Hey, Jesus is not for Christian religion. Amen. And they get freaked out. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Even, he never even started this religion called Christianity. He started a movement. It's called follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Amen. Come on, guys. Sometimes we, we don't realize this. You know, the principle, I wrote on two principles. Is, yeah. No society or no culture is impossible for God to reach. Sometimes we say, this God-forsaken country. Have you heard that statement? Sometimes people say, this God-forsaken country. No, no society, no culture is impossible for God to reach. 300 years ago, Bartholomew Ziegenbarg came to our country. He translated Tamil Bible and he gave it in the hands. Out of that came Malayalam Bible. Today, 130 million people can read Bible in our own language. William Carey, he came and he translated Bible to 14 different languages. Hudson Tyler, C.T. Studd, I have the list, it keeps on going, you know. Henry Martin, he came to Nagpur, the center part of the town. They kicked him out because he was translating Bible in Urdu and Farsi. At the age of 29, he finished all this. Age of 29, I'm 42 years old. I'm not trying to bring any condemnation on anyone. But look where, how far we have come. John Wesley. The story of John Wesley is amazing. 
you know when when he was around 11 years old the house caught fire you know john wesley was born in a family of 19 children his mother susanna was born in the family of 27 that's a bigger than papa's house imagine taking them for you know christmas celebration buying clothing for them many of the kids died but when the house got fire they brought all the kids maybe 11 or 12 and they counted one was missing and they found out it was john wesley on the first floor so they the house was caught on fire they don't know they went to get a ladder there was no ladder they created a human ladder seven people upon one upon over and upon one and then they rescued john wesley one life of john wesley has transformed two continents america and europe guys imagine the guy who is carrying the weight of the seven people to take a 11 year old person did not have a clue that this 11 year old kid is one day going to transform nations you should read a book it's written wesley england before and after guys we look at someone and we say ah it's okay it's not a big deal William Wilberforce he was the one who abolished slave trade the list keeps going on on even mama scudder come on many of you are part of that she could have enjoyed a happy life in america one little dream that triggered in her look the history we are making here in this nation never underestimate what god has put in your heart examples in the bible zacchaeus how a crooked jewish tax collector became an evangelist for jesus cornelius a gentile guy but god set him free the list goes on and on so we have no excuse my main message is right now it's starting you know how to witness what are the ways to witness so we know here see lot of christians it's like sounds like a echo for many of you we know it here because in the idea it's captivated we know we need to preach we know we need to share we know we need to go and preach the gospel we don't do it here why because sometimes we are so worried billy graham said this our culture is more concerned not to offend the people but they are least concerned about if they are going to offend god or not we have come to that point we want to be very politically correct let me tell you being politically correct is a sign that stupidity is contagious everybody wants to say the same thing do you know right now they are making a bible translation as i am speaking to take out the word he from god feminist movement are saying if you say he god he is good then what happened to she do you know that i am not exaggerating but it's crazy right now we want to be politically correct we cannot say certain things but the bible is the r rated book unless you come to know the father through me you will have no life amen okay there are five ways how to witness i'm just going to share it with you then i want to pray with you first one it is important that we are the fifth gospel the bible has four gospels the world outside have never read the first four gospels but they have an opportunity to read the fifth gospel that is you and me if they like the fifth gospel they may go back and read the first four gospels and this is my challenge for you are you that fifth gospel that people look at and say 
I would love to read. Be a bridge and not an hindrance. You know, when I talk to people who don't walk with Jesus, my greatest prayer that goes on inside, Lord, help me in such a way that he is not offended by my stupidity. This this is what Billy Graham used to pray. Lord, help me to make choices in such a way that all the precious blood that you shed will be not gone in vain. Sometimes we just say, for the sake of saying, you know, Christians gossip more than non-Christians. We don't say gossip, we call it prayer request. We call it prayer request, we gossip. You know, Christians have the same stuff we challenge, but we don't, we don't bring it in a place of transparency and say, I am struggling, I need help. We don't do that. So we are sometimes the messed up of the gospel. My prayer is for each and every one here in Papa's house that you will be that bridge of hope for people who are hopeless. You will be the bridge of life for people who are in darkness. You will be a bridge of, of future for people who are stuck with no future. Hold someone's hand. We're going to pray for 30 seconds that you will be a bridge dealer and you will not be a bridge bomber. Just grab someone's hand. I want to pray prophetically over you. I don't know how you lived in the past, but this morning, the Holy Spirit wants to set you free. The sphere that I am not going to perform well. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you will bring each and every one of us into the fifth gospel, that we will be the attractive one when people look at us and say, yes, I can see Jesus in this person. I pray, Father, in each and every day, Father, when we talk to people, when we live, when we do things, people can look at us and say, I see Jesus in you. Thank you, Father. Give us that boldness in Jesus' name. Amen. Number two, ask a simple question. Do you believe in Jesus? (laughs) That's a simple way. Ask, do you believe in Jesus? You will get only one answer, yes or no. If you say yes, you go hide from there. If it is no, ask them, how come you arrived to the conclusion? Lot of people like the social Jesus. Hello. But not a lot of people like the Bible Jesus. People always, there was a band that was a long time ago, it used to be WWJD. Anybody wore that band? I used to wear that band. What would Jesus do? It was not bad. Every time we will make fun. I will go with my friends to eat and uh, I will say, what would Jesus do? He would pay for your meal. <laughs> what would Jesus do? You know? And, but it's, it's not about being a happy, nice feeling. Jesus is not here to rub your backs and say, everything is going to be alright. He's not going to sing that Bob Marley song. Everything is going to be alright. You know that old song, Bob Marley's? Sometimes the way Jesus talks to me is like, kick my butt. It's like, move. I don't know how he talks to you, but he talks to me always with like, hmm. That's the first expression. Hmm. Come on, guys. I want to challenge us. That we, we have to boldly share, ask, hey, do you believe in Jesus? We ask so many things. Sometimes I'm tired that just people say, oh, friendship evangelism. It's good to have friends, but three years down the road, you have not even invited him to the church. You've gone plenty of time to eat out, talk, but it's good. I'm not trying to say you have to be a fanatic on the street corner, shout, turn or burn. 
But I'm saying that we can literally share the gospel. Ask people, do you know about Jesus? Do you know Jesus loves you? I'll tell you, just before I left, I was in, 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 in the Sydney airport. And they were selling nice wines. And, and I looked at him. I was talking to him and this guy is an old man. And I wanted to buy some sparkling grape juice, not wine, okay? <laughs> Make it clear. <laughs> Live telecast, you know. Uh, sparkling grape juice. So I was talking to him and then I end up realizing that he is from South Africa. He's a 65-year-old guy. And in the year of 1973, he met his wife in Barcelona. When I told him, my wife is from Barcelona. And they've been married since. And he showed me he's, he's a Christian. And he showed his church, some, some, some Anglican church or whatever. I don't know the name of it. But all of a sudden, I, I felt in my heart to ask him the question, hey, I feel the Holy Spirit wants to tell you. I, I didn't buy any wine, huh? so I'm, I'm drunk in a different wine. Okay? I felt the Holy Spirit wants to tell you that he loves you so much. And can I pray for you? And he, he put his, all his you know, catalogs and everything, and he said, yes, he's like this, old man standing like this. People are walking by. You put your hand, you start praying, and he started crying, and he said, never it happened, never it happened. I never felt the love of Jesus. Guys, the world outside there desperately need the touch of Jesus. But sometimes we are so conscious of like, what people going to think? How, was, how are they going to think? Am I going to be looked at lunatic? Who cares if they think I'm a lunatic? Maybe I'm lunatic for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Number three. It's very interesting. This is the third one. Okay? Be loving but not compromising. Be loving but not compromising. I wrote down this principle. Our culture has accepted two huge lies. You know what is those two huge lies? Number one, if you disagree with someone's lifestyle, it means you must fear or hate them. This is a lie. If you disagree with someone, you must fear them or hate them. Hey, you are smoking. Hmm, you will be smoked eternally. That sounds for me like a barbecue. You know, that's how we feel. Like sometimes we say that, right? Oh, you know, the cultural background I got, you can't even hang out. Psalms 1, they say, I'm not speaking in tongues. You know, that's how I was taught. That's my Sunday school memory verse. It's still stuck there. What the application I learned that you don't even hang out with bad guys. But that's not true. What it says here, it's, it's not about hanging out there. Even you are surrounded by this, you are planted by the waters, your leaves will not wither, you will bear fruit. That means you will be surrounded with people that are naysayers, but if you are rooted in Christ, you will be still be fruitful. Come on, I'm preaching good, say amen. Amen. You know, I probably need to share that again. Cut and paste theology. It's, it's so weird. We take the principle out of the context and we just use it for whatever our own convenience. That's the first lie. What is the second lie? This is the second lie. Okay? If you love someone, if you love someone means you agree with everything they believe or do. 
that's nonsense hello that's absolute nonsense you don't go and say you know oh i love you so i have to put up with everything no you can still say i love you but i don't agree with what you do guys you don't have to compromise convictions to be compassionate i don't have to compromise my convictions to be compassionate you know there are three emotions i get very emotional when i talk this the first one is sympathy the second one is empathy and the third one is compassion you know sympathy is like power that's sympathy how many of you do that right we do that everywhere ah oh, shame ah oh, power that's sympathy the second level is empathy empathy is like oh i feel for you brother you're stuck there you know what is compassion jesus never moved in sympathy and empathy he moved in compassion empathy says he stays with that person and feel the pain compassion says i'm not going to go inside the pain but i have the power in me to rescue from that mess to set you free that's what jesus did <clears throat> he moved with compassion in other words he will never allow the existence of the problem to influence the person he will go one more step and say yes i see what you are going through but let me ask you what do you want that's what he did obviously the blind man is saying son of david have mercy on me he asked okay have mercy what do you want hello empathy person is like oh scrub my bag you scrub my bag make sense guys okay all right beautiful number 4 this is where it gets interesting be always willing to listen to the spirit and share it you know you are a postman do you know that everybody have a postman in your home right you get a you get a post right imagine a postman every day when he gets a name okay dr kiran cmc campus okay he opens it he says oh this one is not good she will feel bad and he keeps it and he makes only good news imagine you will be happy with that postman no you will fire that postman that's what we do right come god speaks and we don't even know and we are like thinking lord if i say this what's going to happen he's going to think i'm a lunatic you are a postman that's it you deliver the message hear god take a step of faith and deliver it sometimes we don't do that we just kind of like we always wonder if i share what they going to think hello let me tell you every single day the last two weeks i thought to book the ticket and come back book the ticket come back in fact i did once book the ticket went to the airport i don't know whether i told the story to everyone <laughs> book the ticket went to the airport arrived there counter it was a week before the teaching i could not handle the headache and everything arrived there they said oh we could not find your tickets here and then i called the company they said yeah we cancelled your tickets i said why you cancel i paid no we cancelled it and then put the phone off i felt the holy spirit was like hmm he called my wife and i said i think the lord wants me to stay here and she's like yeah then suck it up stay there my wife speaks you know she looks so loving right have you seen her but my goodness this is a face that you see outside i am a married i am married man to her for 10 years man i tell you she said suck it up stay there thank god for those wives no amen i tell you 
I thought she will be like, oh, cello, you feel bad? Put it again on the card, we'll play. No, she's like, suck it up, stay there. It's like, what a comfort words of the Lord, you know, from your wife. Anyway, you are a postman, that's it. You just hear the Lord and do it, that's it. You practice this, it's so exciting. I tell you, once you start doing it, your lifestyle becomes, you don't need to say, this is an evangelist time now, I'm going to reach. No, you reach out every time. You talk to people, you share with people. You every time, and you know sometimes, I'm in the counter, someone is doing, it's so funny, we go to a mall or somewhere, and I always say, hey, thanks for serving us. You know, you know the, the guy, we go in a restaurant, they, they take your place, I say, thank you, did you have lunch? And she looks at, wow, you're asking me? And you talk. Hey, do you know Jesus loves you? Thanks for serving. You know, you are just constantly investing on people. That's what Jesus did. Acts 10.38, when Jesus, anointed by Holy Spirit and power, he went around doing good things. He didn't say, today I have to do outreach. Okay, Lord, how many location? Father. (laughs) What is the outreach location? Two hours? No. The Bible never said he never had an outreach day. The Bible says he went around doing good and this is the verse, beautiful. He rescued everyone who were under the tyranny of devil and God was with them. Amen. The last principle, be compassionate and generous. I shared this with you. Not being empathy, not being sympathy, but compassionate. This is what empathy does. Empathy stays with the person in the problem. Compassion says he refuses to go inside the problem but draws them out to the place of deliverance. Guys, the resurrected power of Christ lives in us. We're going to take the communion. You know, what is this? It's not just a bread my wife made this morning at 7 o'clock. No, it's not the grape juice that we buy in Anukraga. This is real. This, the body of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is real stuff. That means the resurrected power of Christ lives in me. I'm refusing to allow the circumstances to influence me. Amen. Only one amen. Amen. The last but not the least, be an Andrew to someone. You know what Andrew? Nobody knows Andrew. Hello? We never read about Andrew. No church says the book of the gospel according to Andrew. Hmm? Or said Andrew said this. But Andrew made beautiful things. I'll explain to you. Three things Andrew did. Which is going to blow your mind. And that's why I'm saying you no need to be a pastor, preacher, public speaking, nothing. But you can all, we all can be Andrew. You know what Andrew means man? In and it's not a Greek word, it's not a Hebrew word, but it's a word that Andrew means man. You know what is man? means spirit in Hebrew. Ish. That's why God in spirit. El, Emmanuel. God with man. Adam. Adam from the earth. And what Andrew did, he, he did three things. Andrew brought his brother Peter to Jesus. How many of you know Peter? Amen. Come on guys. He went and see. Look at John. The synoptics gospels kind of ignore him completely. But John picks it up. That's why he's called Divine John. John 1, 35 to 42, but I'm not going to read all of it. But verse 39 says, Come and see, he said. It was all about 4 o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with him the rest of the day. He was a follower of John the Baptist. 
but then he came to know the Messiah. You see, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. You know, you can do that. My brother Stephen said, I'm bringing my friends. You know, you can do that. That's what you can just do. You have an empty seat at the back. You, Holy Spirit doesn't need that empty seat in the car. You can say, hop in there, man. Let's go. First week, we have biryani in my church. Just bring some. Introduce them to Jesus. You can just bring. You could be the door opener. People can set free. You have no clue. Number two, what Andrew did. Andrew brought a boy with food to Jesus. Look at John 6 from verse 1 to 14. You know the story. But I'm reading from verse 8. But then Andrew, Peter's brother, spoke up. Everybody was saying, we don't know what to do. How are we going to do all the food? You know, there is no food complexes here. Where are we going to feed? But then during that time, Andrew, he was among the crowd. He was not also a talkative guy. He was not like Peter. He was just, he said, Andrew spoke up. Look, here is a young person with five loaves of barley loaves and two small fishes. But he, he didn't even say it in a positive way. Look what he did. How far would that go for this huge crowd? He had his own doubts, but he still introduced this boy who brought a miracle and deliverance for the entire people. Come on, guys. You no need to have it all to tell about Jesus to someone else. You can still say, you know what, this morning I'm feeling so depressed. I'm going to church. I feel you also depressed. Why don't we just go? Instead of drinking hot chocolate in a room and watching a chick flick, that's not going to help your depression to get out. Hey, you know what? I feel so down today. I'm going to go to church, but why don't you tag along? That's what Andrew, he had his rational thoughts. I don't know it's going to feed, but let me bring it that to Jesus. There's a boy with five loaves. 20,000 people are there. I don't know. Can you see? We can do that. We can do that. If we, every Christian do that, bringing people to Jesus. I'm not bringing people to Jesus. It's not just about bringing them to church on Sunday. It's like, introduce them to, to the relationship. There is so much deeper when we come to know Jesus in relationship than a religion that is mainstream. Amen? Look at the last one, what Andrew did. Andrew brought the Greeks to Jesus. Look at John 12, verse 20 to 22. Some Greeks who had come to Jerusalem for the Passover celebration paid a visit to Philip who was from Bethsaida in Galilee. They said, Sir, we want to meet Jesus. Philip told Andrew about it because they know Andrew is the go-to guy. He will always lead people to Jesus. My prayer is this. Are you leading people to Jesus? Are you leading people away from Jesus? You know, sometimes people say, I was going to church, brother, but the moment I met this fellow in the church, my prayer is this, that you will not be that hindrance. That's why the topic of the sermon, are you a 